Awesome. Well, today is a snow day, isn't it? <laughs> and you're, you're here. Uh, God bless you. Good for you. You're either really dedicated or you just got cabin fever and you had to get out uh, to, to make this day happen. This is a big day for us uh, as, as a church family, and uh, we are receiving an offering today. Uh, and uh, it, if you're new to us today, thanks for braving the roads and the weather and coming out here. And I just want to say that um, those of you that are new and those of you that will be new to come to our church or to even come to know Jesus, uh, you are the reason we do this. So I am so glad that you are here because we are encouraging and building uh, into our church a, a spirit of generosity that will help us move into our future. Today gives us an opportunity to create our future. And a lot of people look to the future with some level of uh, fear or concern about what is going to be happening in the future. What kind, of ki what kind of world are my kids going to be raised in or my grandkids going to be raised in or am I going to live in? And the truth is, you and I have a lot of power in terms of the ability to, to create our own future, uh, to, to create a future of peace within our world, uh, to create a future of love, to create a future of heaven into our, our lives. And today gives us that opportunity. Um, we studied something uh, this week in staff development uh, with, with my team here, and we studied this idea that the future, sometimes it's easy for us to look at the future and go, it's out there. It's like one day in June of 2018 or somewhere out in the future, you know, I, somehow I'm going to intersect with my future way out there. But the reality is the future is in your next step. The future is in what, what our next step is. Wherever you're standing today, your next step can be a step toward a future you want or not. And we're all literally creating the future by what we do in this moment. Uh, our church is only going to be able to move into the mission that God has entrusted to us at the speed of our generosity today. Not, not what's going to happen in six months, not what's going to happen in a year, not what's even going to happen in two months, but really what happens today is going to determine a lot of can we reach all the people we feel God has called us to reach? Can we go into all the nations that God would call us to go into? Can we expand to, to make room for connecting people in brand new? Can we continue to reach into the next generation and the next generation to see God do great things in them? And part of what's going to happen today is our ability to sow with generosity into what the current thing is for our church. And, you know, I've been saying this for quite a few weeks, maybe for quite a few years, is the truth is what we're doing now, what we're doing next is just next. There will be another next. I hope you're glad that there's always another next, right? 
that we, we're going to keep moving forward. There's no way that we as a church are ever going to kick back and say, this is good enough. <laughs> the old is good enough. And, and the reality is we're only, can, we're only able to move forward at the embrace of, like the real embrace of our values as a church. Um, because it's one thing to have values that are listed on a piece of paper, uh, and, a, and a lot of organizations, a lot of churches, a lot of businesses have gone through that, but is do we actually embrace those values and live them? That's what creates the kind of church we're going to be. So this month, we're asking everybody to embrace the value of generosity, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments, but next month, we're going to have have a 10-day prayer season, we're going to ask you to embrace the value of prayer. Not just say, oh, it's so good that I go to a church that prays, but that I actually am engaged in creating a praying church. And, and you know, if we say we love people and we want to see people get saved, I think that should be a value for us. That means we got to be engaged in helping that to happen. That means inviting somebody to church. That means serving when we need you to serve, right? When, if we're going to be, if we're going to be in, engaged, if we're going to be a church that's full of worship, that's not just what happens on this stage. That's what happens all the way back, hi there, to the back row. Like, do we worship? Do we engage? Are we fully in this thing? Do we really embrace this idea? Or do we just kind of watch worship happen? And it's as we embrace these values that, that are what make our church move forward, it's really going to be determining whether we have the reality of that taking place or not. Our commitment to reach beyond ourselves, our commitment to endeavor, uh, uh, and I hope you know endeavor giving is more than just building buildings. There's a lot of missions work that we do with endeavor. There's a lot of giving out from ourselves that we do with endeavor. Our commitment to excellence as a church, our commitment to move forward, listen, is either going to be accelerated or decelerated by our generosity as a church. Generosity is a value that is part of the culture of this church. And we, we have talked about it forever, and I'm going to continue to talk about it because I believe generosity is a value of the kingdom of God. Generosity is our flow. Everybody say flow. Think river, not pie. And I know for some of us, it, it comes as a revelation, and we have to get this revelation. If you think what's been given to you is a piece of a pie, and if you give a piece of the pie away, you are lessened by that, then you don't understand yet that God doesn't give us pies. God flows into our life like a river. And when we release what we have, more flows in us, more flows through us. God has created a plan that resources his church's mission in the earth. It's a beautiful plan. It's a plan called tithe and offering. 
It's a plan that works. If there were ever a church on the planet that actually fully embraced God's plan, it would be astonishing what could take place through that church. The best churches on the planet might have a third of their church family actually bringing tithe uh, into the house of the Lord. Our church probably averages around 15% of our church bringing tithe into the house of God. Imagine what could happen if that were to quadruple, if that were to, to move forward. It is God's plan. And the beauty of God's plan is we bring our tithe to resource the work of God in the earth, and God opens the windows of heaven to pour out blessing on your life. And you might say, oh, pastor, you know, I don't know if I really believe that. Well, you would be hard-pressed to convince me because Suzette and I have lived this now for decades, and I can tell you, it's like when people say, I don't believe God heals people now. I say, you're too late. He's already healed me. You're, you're too late to give me, if that's your theology, your theology is wrong. I've been healed already. And, and the truth is, we've walked in this open heaven over our lives because we've said, God, we're going to give our first and best to you, and then you're going to open the windows of heaven over our life, and we we're able to continue to increase what we give to the house of God and to the purpose of God, and to walk in fats that are filled to overflowing, barns that overflow. I'm telling you, God's plan is a beautiful plan. It's an awesome plan. It's a plan that fully provides for his church and for every person who will participate in it. It releases blessing to the church, but also releases blessing to individuals. Now, today, you might be bringing a tithe, uh, your first and best to the Lord, but today, Endeavor uh, Christmas offering is different than tithe in that this is above and beyond our tithe, and we're saying, God, I am bringing an offering Tithe is what belongs to the Lord. We're not giving it to him. We're bringing it to him. It belongs to him. But an offering is something where we say, God, you know what? Thank you for everything you've done. I see what you want to keep doing, and I'm going to bring an offering to you today. So I'm going to rehearse a couple of concepts that uh, are important for us. You, these may come as a reminder to some of you. These may come as a brand new thing to some of you. This may come as a, you've been here forever, and you finally go, oh, why didn't you say that before? I did. Acts 20, verse 35, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Generosity is about taking a heart posture that says life is better, it's a more blessed way to live, to be a giver rather than a taker. That I am going to live my life not looking for what I can get, but I'm going to give my life looking for what I can give. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to be a channel and not just a pool. A pool has received what comes into it but hangs on to it. A channel 
says, I am looking for ways to release the blessing that's come into our life. Now, I hope we understand generosity is way more than just about how we handle our money. But today, I want to do want to talk about how it impacts the way we, our attitude towards finances really is. Jesus taught us this idea, Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, where your where your finances are, where your resources is, there your heart will be also. I've never spent a nickel on NASCAR. But some of you guys have. I've spent more than a nickel on golf. Some of you guys have never. I, you spend money where your heart is. Everybody does. We all do. Wherever your heart goes, that's where your finances go. And Jesus is saying to us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. And the truth is, we could find out what you really love by looking at your register. Now, you may not have a checkbook anymore, but maybe your credit card register or your bank register. You would find out exactly what you really love by seeing where your finances go, where your resources go. And this, this idea of being generous, having a generous heart. Everybody say heart. Is it, it's learning to be generous in our gestures, in our giving, in our relationships. Generosity doesn't just show up in offering at the church. Generosity shows up when you pay your tip at the restaurant. Most, most, most people who work in the restaurant industry hate Sundays because church people come in and church people are cheap. Right? They're cheap. They leave a trap. Except Jesus. And they, they never have this generous idea to bless the people that have served them at the restaurant. When, when the hat goes around for collecting for birthdays in your office, how generous are you? Because that's where generosity shows up. When somebody says, hey, I'm going on a mission trip, would you support me? You get one of those letters or you get some invitation to support. That's where generosity shows up. The presents that we end up buying for our spouse. Everybody stare straight ahead. No elbows, nothing. And come on, right there. What? Your generosity toward your spouse, the words of encouragement that you give. I'm saying to you, the concept of generosity is an attitude. It goes, it goes way beyond our finances, but it touches our finances. And today, where our heart really is, will be determined. The way that we are generous toward God, towards his house, towards his cause, towards his purpose, it's all about, my wife said it earlier, it's all about the heart, right? So Luke chapter 12, uh, remember I said you, there was 2,300 um, verses in the Bible that talk about uh, finances and resources and all that. And this is one of Jesus' teaching on it. 
that is a, a, a pretty big one. Luke 12, verse 16, Jesus told them a parable saying the land of a rich man was very productive. He began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? He said, this is what I'll do. I've been blessed. Things have gone well. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build a bigger barn, a larger one. There I'm going to store up all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Take it easy now. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Everybody say, you fool. <laughs> this very night, your soul is required of you. Now who's going to own what you prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Hello, sweet, loving Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the American dream that you've worked hard and now you deserve a break. You deserve to take it easy. Kick back and chill without a thought for eternity. Rich toward yourself, but not rich toward God. Hello? Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what Jesus taught us, right? Rich toward God. I don't think God has a problem with you having a bigger barn, but if you have a bigger barn, instead of being rich toward God, I think that's what Jesus is talking about here, right? Rich toward God. I know it's hard to amen on some of these points, but these are true. Rich toward God, generous toward God. Proverbs chapter 11 says this, verse 24 and 25. There's one who scatters, who releases, and yet increases all the more. And then there's one who withholds what's justly due, but it results only in want. In other words, they hang on. Pieces of the pie. Got to hang on to it. Can't let anything go. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. I love this idea. The one who scatters literally means the one who's free in their spirit, who's liberated in their spirit. Not stingy, not holding on, but releasing. That person is going to, this brings increase into your life. Now, it's, it's an entire concept, a biblical concept that is so important. This, these two verses have shaped my thinking about generosity almost more than anything. This idea that when you release, you get increase. You don't just hold on. Some people think, and the natural mind wants to go, I better hold on. Because if I hold on, then this can grow. But Jesus is teaching us, the Bible is teaching us, the, the writer in Proverbs is teaching us, when we release, we have increase. Generosity is about having, having a, a free spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Giving and receiving abundantly. Because it's not God's will that you just give out and nothing else comes in. I'm preaching this better than some of you are admitting, but I, don't, I love that stuff because it's changed my life. It has literally changed my life. I wasn't raised to think like this. To learn to say, to, to get this posture in life, I am generous. I will be generous. I'm not looking for how to hold on. I'm looking for how to release. I'm looking how to give and receive abundantly. Because if I'm going to give abundantly, I got to receive abundantly. You got to get this idea. When you give, it doesn't decrease you. Giving literally is an investment into growing your future. This concept of sowing and reaping is one of the governing laws of life. You got to get this idea, because this, this, ch- this changes a lot of areas in your world. If you give out first, a harvest comes back. But if you don't give out anything, and you're waiting to get before you give, you never start a harvest cycle in your life. Jesus said this, Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. And I still think a lot of people look at this idea and say, when I get, then I'll give. But the reality is, you go first. (laughs) You don't wait until you get to start giving. You start giving what you want to be getting. I just wish people would be more friendly to me. I wish they'd give me some love, some encouragement, some appreciation. Think about it. If you want to have friends, You better sow some friendly. Come on. (laughs) If you want to live encouraged, if you want to live negative, just sow negative. 